0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Riskologists. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Optimize and hosted by me, Andy Haslam. This season, we'll be speaking with the key decision makers who reap the benefits and gain the most value from effective risk management. We'll be exploring their perceptions, interactions, and experiences, as well as understanding what they personally have found to be the most rewarding and beneficial aspects that the discipline has to offer we hope these conversations provoke thought and discussion amongst both risk and non risk professionals to lift the lid on how its effective delivery can add real value to the roles of the beneficiaries. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Riskologist. I'm your host, Andy Haslam, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Lisa Street. Lisa, welcome to Riskologist.
1: Hi Andy, um, it's great to be here. <laughs> awesome,
0: um, obviously we always start this off with the same old question every week and that's pretty much, you know, how's your podcast game? Have you got involved with anything like this before? Do you listen to them in general? Uh,
1: I listen to podcasts a lot. I always have them in the car. Um, and since I found out about yours, I've been listening to it. Oh good. Uh, I've never actually been on the side of a microphone, so mm-hmm. slightly nervous today but I'm sure in your company, you'll, you'll make it a breeze. So yeah. thank you for the invite. We'll always try.
0: No, you're very welcome to come along for it. So yeah, it's all good. Um as always, we, we kind of like to start with, um, you know, a bit of a journey today. What's kind of brought you to here today? You know, how you started your career, where it's taking you. Bit of a timeline up to today recording. So you really fire away.
1: Yeah. So I'm Lisa Street, as you have introduced mm-hmm. before. I'm a client director for Faithful and Gould, uh, focusing on the environment sector. I've got a kind of varied career, mm-hmm. um, starting back when I finished university. I graduated with a uh, chemistry degree, mm-hmm. uh, and I was working in the drug, dis- drug-, drug discovery in the pharmaceutical sector. And I loved that. However, I got this passion for kind of solving things and solving problems and wanting to work around people. So I ended up joining a graduate scheme with TFL at the time, mm-hmm. and it was the most amazing experience. Uh, and I've just gone on from there and bit worked on some mega programs, small projects. You've named, I've worked across the breadth of the project life cycle mm-hmm. and gained so much experience. Uh, and But I'm always learning, always learning. Um, I've worked on projects such as traffic operations with signals in my early days. I've worked on large nuclear projects, which I was talking to you about offline before this, yeah. and I've worked on like mega rail projects. And at the moment, I'm, I'm growing a, a growing a sector for Faith and Goals, so it's been really exciting. Um, and yeah, and hopefully, I can share something with the listeners today.
0: Awesome, loads to bring to it, I'm sure. I mean, it's quite a big, a big jump to go from a chemistry degree into you know, effectively project works. I mean, how did that kind of come about? It's, it it does seem a big, big jump.
1: It it is a big jump. I think it was the competencies that you learn. And and back at the time it was like, do you have the skills and do you have those kind of softer skills to be able to apply? And then you can learn the technical discipline Mm -hmm. then afterwards. Mm So yeah, it's, uh, I think it's I think lots of people have different degrees now and there's different routes and entries mm-hmm. into the project professional world. Yeah,
0: I think and there'll be a lot of any, anybody listening who's, who's listened to all of these episodes, I think we'll find that the majority of people have never had a direct route into project management or risk management, there's always a bit convoluted and it always gives I think the, the best people, best well-rounded people because you've got all that breadth of knowledge and experience from across those different sectors. So yeah, it's never a bad thing, I don't think for that. Um, so, really, kind of before we get stuck into the topic a little bit more detail, you know, after all, this is a risk management podcast, but can you just give us a brief run through of what your experience has been with risk management over your career and, you know, what kind of relationship you've had with it?
1: It's varied my relationship with risk management in the such that the early on in my career, I talked about being a scientist in the pharmaceutical sector, and we would do, you know, at that time, I would be doing. Risk assessments on, on on chemicals that I was about to use. So that was my kind of first introduction to risk management. Slightly different context in an infrastructure environment, but the same. It was identifying what the risks were, mm-hmm. analysing them, and then putting in a in a plan in place mm-hmm. to reduce those risks. So that started then. And then as I my role evolved into a project manager, I got introduced to the different tools and processes, and and it's evolved on the different types of projects and programs that I've worked with. Um, So I'm always learning, always learning about risk management.
0: Oh, thanks very much that Lisa. So as everyone can kind of already tell from the title of the episode, today we're going to be looking uh, to discuss risk management self-sufficiency, you know, in the role of the project manager. Uh, We'll be diving into that in a little bit more detail shortly, but I'd be interested to understand Lisa, you know, why you opted to talk about that today. Is a certain self-sufficiency of risk management or, you know, a lack thereof been something that you've encountered much through your career in in regards to project management?
1: I think... For me, um, self-sufficiency is around all the, the project manager in particular and also the, the project team around them. And I think we all need an awareness, a, a level of awareness and basic understanding of risk management to ensure that the project is successful mm-hmm. and to improve those decision makings and to kind of and have that greater resilience. We can't be leaving it down to one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a team, you'll hear me. I probably refer to lots of not the biggest football fan but I do use team analogies a lot and I think um, having that self-awareness allows us to work better as a team uh, Mm -hmm. whatever the project whether it's you are doing a business transformation program or a flood prevention project Mm -hmm. risk management is is something that we need to be thinking about as project managers.
0: Awesome thanks Lisa so when uh, I think we're having discussions about what we were going to discuss and, and talk about when it came to doing the podcast you know this and we mentioned about this topic in particular we were pretty happy to hear that you wanted to talk about this you know in terms of Self sufficiency and effectively around uh, things like ownership of risk. When it comes to that, you know our job as uh, you know, our job title, I should say, really as a risk manager. Puts us in a in a place where people expect us to be the ones managing risk, but that's that's not us. We aren't the people managing risks. You know, one of the key challenges that we find is by the nature of the job title, project teams and you know people within those teams have a tendency to abdicate ownership of the risk to the risk manager. You know, when in reality, we're just there supporting and facilitating the team to manage their own risks. You know, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are in general around that.
1: I think for me, people wrongly or rightly see the risk manager title and assume, oh, we've got somebody here now to save the day and that, that kind of, we, we all love a hero culture. And I think for me, there's around when we're forming any new project or even in the midst of a project is to kind of making sure that we have those continual conversations to actually be really clear on our roles. Mm-hmm understanding the purpose of our roles and the intent of each of our roles. And for me, my view, and people might like to comment and I'd love to hear, have this debate, but for me, the project manager is accountable for, for the for the project. And they are accountable therefore for responding to the risks. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, if the, you know, it's a boomerang, they could boomerang it out, but the risks, but they ultimately are the ones there to deliver the project. The, risk manager in my experience is is part of the wider project team it is an extension of the project manager Mm -hmm. and their role is there to come in and guide and facilitate and 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 to be that conscience to the project teams and i think that's where the best use of a risk manager however that may be suitable for one project however on other projects the risk manager may need to take a greater involvement but Mm -hmm. For me it's around the facilitator articulating those risks what are the consequences and what are the plans then to respond to those risks but they're not the actual people are going to do the doing and i think that's what's really kind of um yeah you're responsible for the process but the difference between the process and the actual actions that we need to Mm -hmm. take or decisions that we need to make need to be with the person who is accountable and has the authority to do that Mm -hmm. or to coordinate the effects so thinking back to one of the projects or programs I was working on this, a multi-million pound rail program, access to the railway was the the biggest risk to the program. Mm -hmm. And it was at the top of the risk register and everybody probably, it was there, but actually what it needed, it needed its own team. It needed its own work stream Mm -hmm. to mitigate it. It needed a collaborative effect. So a project manager, in essence, and then title wasn't the project manager. And I think this is where things get slight confusing is uh, let's say the task a task force te- a task force team was set up and i was part of that task force team to set it up and through that task force and various task and finish groups were then put in place to look at different scenarios and it was to all, all the whole focus and the outcome of those of this task force was about reducing the risk and reducing the impact to to the users of the railway mm-hmm. um, and we were run through them and that was months work of work and I've heard on a previous. I was listening to one of your other previous podcasts. I so hear and wonder the the ladies talk about. They they were talking as well that some projects get set up just to manage the risk. Yeah. And I think that's where. So ultimately, that then goes back to that project manager is responsible for delivering the risk. And so that's why I see how the ownership has to be talked about amongst the team. Who and it might not be the people in that core project team who own it. So I think it's a. Because there's no one answer to this. Yeah. The project manager is ultimately responsible for it, but they may not be the one who does it. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of conversation and it will vary throughout through whatever the risk is. Mm-hmm.
0: You said before that there was there's points where it obviously can be different from, from project to project where the level of involvement, I guess that the risk, matter, the, the risk professional, the risk manager has to be in there to, to try and help um, get the project manager to a point where they are self-sufficient and they are looking after the risks in, in that kind of level. Is there anything that you've found to be more beneficial from the risk manager in terms of their assistance to actually get them to a point where they are more self-sufficient with it?
1: I think it's asking those challenging questions or even those just like questions and going, have you thought about this? What about that? Or oh, from my experience on this project, this happened, is it mm-hmm. gonna happen? Or just start to be that kind of conscience. The project manager has so much to deal with. Lots is going on, they're reporting up through their boards, they're managing the supply chain. and. Mm-hmm having that having some having the risk professional come in and be that conscious and bring some discipline and structure and drum beats Mm -hmm. kind of is then is is, is so helpful but i also think the risk professional is an extension of the project manager Mm -hmm. so it is kind of yes there might be one project entitled but there's a it's a project management team Mm
0: -hmm. awesome another great answer there lisa thanks very much for that so backing up a little bit you know when you first started your career in project management um, when and how did you first encounter risk management then, you know, was it something, you know, right off the bat that you found yourself having a proclivity for, or was there a certain point further down the line where you kind of really bought into the process?
1: I'm quite a process-driven person, so I bought in it from the start. I was, mm-hmm. was given quite early on as a graduate project manager a raid log to to, to look after. It was my uh, responsibility to set up the meetings and and to run those meetings as the, as the project manager of a, a traffic operation program. Mm-hmm. but I still had to, for a long time, Google Mm -hmm. what you know there. You know to to, to get that structure, that thought process, and it was to get the thought process. I think it's quite easy to say there is a risk that you know we'll go back to the access risk. You know there is a risk that you know X X train won't be able to pass this um, location point but it's about getting more specific and understanding what the impact is. So Mm -hmm. I would end up building kind of extra columns in my risk register at the time to get the specifics of what the actual risk was and to understand the impact of it. So then I could then understand what the impact of that was on my time and on my cost and then go, okay, now I need to think about how I'm gonna respond to it. So it did take a while to get the kind of structure of the process, you know, I need a little bit more granular details on that five step process that we're all taught as project professionals. And that has helped by risk managers being around me and, and, and teaching me and coaching me through the career.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Do you think you can still be an excellent project manager then if you don't have some level of self-sufficiency in risk management process, you know, or, or at the very least an understanding of the basic principles?
1: I think every project manager needs a basic understanding of, of risk management, what, base, what does basic mean? We need to know that we need to like, They need to know the risk process, but they don't need to know all the risks in a risk register. And I think that's the that's the distinction. And I know that sounds really trivial, but it's around. The project manager knows that it's important. It's not an exercise we do once. We put it in a drawer, or you know, we store it on our Excel spreadsheets or our databases. It's a continuous process. It's Mm -hmm. something we should be talking about daily. For me, one of the biggest um, lessons I learned about really early on in my career. As a project manager, uh, from from my uh, uh, my boss at the time was was like, you can one was the boomerang example, going, you know, the the risk of uh, of a go live on a station uh, a, a tube station modernization we're doing, we're bringing into use a supervisor's office. Mm. And yes, we had put the risk of delivering this into service on the contractor. Yet ultimately, it was my work stream and the accountability fell to me. Mm-hmm. So I had to do everything in my control that I could do to ensure that we brought into that it brought that supervisor's office into use on <laughs> that day. So it's kind of understanding that whole race, that accountability, whose responsibility, who do we need to get informed and consulted. Mm-hmm. So I, it's probably, I probably have concluded. I said basic at the start. I think I've got to the end the detail. Yeah think it's a little bit more than basic mm-hmm. they need to be ensuring that it happens and um, and ultimately I'm I'm involved very much with the APM and it's one of their core competencies mm-hmm. so can you be excellent you need to know risk management
0: yeah you mentioned then about APM obviously there's the, the body of knowledge which I think a lot of people will already know about and if you're going to be a project manager then obviously you, you, you must be up to a certain level of proficiency with you know from that do you think that really kind of gives enough breadth of, of knowledge about risk from that? Or do you think there's, it's always good to have or to seek further further, further, further experience and stuff outside of what the body of knowledge goes and mentions?
1: It, it's a really, really good question. I think the body of knowledge does give ample. Um, it can't put the whole world in this body of knowledge. Mm. is it's it's For me, it's like a signpost. There's ample awareness in there. But be curious Go and go and uh, go and talk to other projects. There's, you know, there's. Uh, we are uh, the world's. Mo- we, well, the world has moved already to have been project driven. We do are more of our organisations are project led rather than business as usual led. Mm-hmm. So just be curious and um, go and seek and understand it. I think sometimes risk management is. I think we do risk management instinctively sometimes, but because we're not consciously doing it, we then don't know it's risk management mm-hmm. as such.
0: Mm-hmm. I think as well, you also touched on on um, something there about a, a boss. I think it was, you know, yeah. directing you in terms of where to go and find, you know, find a bit more information out. I think, again, as part of the whole self-sufficiency thing, it's good for, I think, to give people the, the initiative to try and go and seek that knowledge themselves, be self-sufficient in terms of building on your knowledge. But for anybody else who out there is, is maybe in a more senior role who's been in the been in the position for longer and has all the experience, you know, maybe try and push that down to, to everybody because I'm sure that was was uh, that a benefit to you i think in terms uh, of expanding your risk knowledge
1: absolutely beneficial like that like first kind of uh, I, i'm gonna to have to reach i'll reach out to you now <laughs> after this to them um but them giving me the responsibility of that raid log so early on mm-hmm. gave me kind of the it, it made me learn really <laughs> fast and, and and having that person to talk to and we didn't know all the answers, but our role as the project managers at the time was to bring together the experts, to bring together all the dis- different disciplines together, and to start to to create that it was a project plan at the time, that schedule of works, so and to start to really understand what the risks were around it. Was it achievable? Was it deliverable? This this schedule of works and uh, and the scope at the time, and, and this was at the phase of writing the business case and getting the funding. So big hats to that first first manager. He was absolutely amazing to teach me. And then I, as an individual, is curious to learn, and so attend the events, listen to those podcasts. Is we have to learn as individuals, keep learning.
0: Exactly self sufficiency. That's, <laughs> like That's what it's all about. And um, how important do you really feel the project manager's influences on their team when it comes to risk management? I mean, you know, really, it's kind of almost links back into what we've just been talking about then about experienced project managers pushing the um, pushing the 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 information and the experience and so on down to them but how, how, how important do you feel that influence is on that team?
1: I think the project manager for me whether they're called a program manager the project director even, the, even it, also to the project manager we set the tone uh, we set the leadership and for me uh, the emphasis that they put on us it ultimately kind of drives the behaviors and the actions in the team so I think it's really key that project managers in the actions and the behaviours inf- will give influence their teams in risk management. If there's too little emphasis, nobody will be thinking about it. If there's no questions being asked, it doesn't have to be said, have you thought about risk management today? It's just asking those curious questions, going, have you considered this? Have you looked at the third party consequences? You you? know, have you, Do we know that the road closure is going to happen there? And just asking all those exploratory questions. And it doesn't have to be the project manager who asks them. It's getting others in the team to start thinking about you know the focus on the project is, is to deliver those objectives so th- everybody to be thinking about how can we achieve that on time and and also but we're not we don't want to slip here we don't want to slip on time and increase our costs hmm. no
0: excellent so i think there may be some people listening to this that feel that risk management should really be left to the risk professional and not taken on board as much by uh, the, the the project managers and project professionals but what was your response be to those guys
1: might be a bit controversial to your listeners but for me risk management is something that we those who are all involved in projects need to be be part of it can't be left to one person because that one person doesn't have all the knowledge we're all we all need to contribute um this is you know it's a projects are managed by people and people are the ones with the ideas and and if we, we need to get everybody involved whether you know maybe different people from identifying those risks, you know, when to analyze them and evaluating the the risk along the way and making sure that we respond to the identified risk continuously. We'll all need different groups of people to bring in thinking and to bring experience and to share that learning. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So we all need to be involved. It is useful to have the risk professional to facilitate and guide those conversations and act as the independent in the room. and to also bring in that learning from projects. Um, for instance, there's also be that person in the room who brings in others. The, you know, the, I don't want to say the quieter ones, it's not always the quieter ones, it's just to start to unpick everybody's thoughts mm-hmm. and into it and get them all expressed and-, and
0: Get everybody's input into ev- it. Yeah.
1: Exactly, and get everybody's input. And I think that's what's really valuable of the risk professional is that facilitating of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen like previously on- um, a substation power upgrade program that I was working on where there was this amazing risk manager and we would all be sat in the room and you know my my head was going on to like um, making sure that I was on schedule and managing that and, and, and sorting out some third party issues at the time with some road closures to bring in a crane but what that risk manager did is bring us into room is actually help us step back pause reflect on what we've done today mm-hmm. be the one that asked us and made sure that we were being accountable for our actions and also then to help us kind of rethink and you know brainstorm those new risks and it, it, it's just it just helps to have somebody to be the conscience of the project team and that's what I think the the risk management professional has when there's lots going on in a project. Mm-hmm.
0: On the same kind of token well a slightly different token to it then Do you think there is a point then you know where a line should be drawn between the project managers ownership of the process and the risk professionals expertise you know is there that line where the the risk managers role should should stop and let the self the the project manager take over and be self-sufficient with it
1: i think i think my response to that would be it's it is blurred between the project manager and the risk manager. It's kind of like a Venn diagram is that there is some overlap Mm -hmm. or we might phrase it as integration between the two. I said earlier about the extension of the project manager to the risk manager, Mm -hmm. but we we can't kind of operate like that, can you? That doesn't really help each other, but I think it helps if we understand that there's some integration between each other, but to kind of resolve that, I think there needs to be kind of discussions early on between that project manager and the team and the risk professionals to understand what their roles, what their responsibilities, along with their kind of strengths and what their experiences Mm -hmm. are. Because ultimately, uh, it's a project team, we need to be bringing all our, you know, the best players kind of onto that pitch and and to kind of to do that risk management of the project. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I think it is useful to have that kind of kind of racy of like, like saying that the risk manager may be accountable for you know, identifying or well, not identify leading the process to identify the yeah. risk the risk manager is responsible for ensuring that there's people there to respond to the risk and I think if we can articulate I love a good racey and I think for me it helps articulate those real detailed activities and who needs to be you know be responsible for certain bits and who is also then consulted and informed on areas because then it helps to establish clear roles and responsibilities between mm-hmm. the two to individuals it helps them have those kind of candid conversations between what's mine and what's your role so we know if we are going to step on each other's toes and for me it's only stepping on each other's toes because we may want because we we're all here driven to deliver the projects ultimately mm-hmm. By working on kind of those handshakes between individuals in a project team, the risk between the risk manager and the project manager ultimately helps the success for the project and so knowing what each of us do so kind of to score that winning goal and in a project it's to deliver in like deliver the deliverables of the project. So kind of in summary there is a kind of it is blurred it is integrated but if we can kind of start to demystify that blurriness and make it as clear as we can, mm-hmm but also keep refreshing it, keep talking to each other. It's, it ultimately it's a relationship in the team and relationships need to be worked at.
0: Yeah, not just at the start of the project, it's all the way no, adapting no. all the way throughout it.
1: Not in that project execution plan, <laughs> where you write it once, put it in the shelf. No, you need to keep digging out that yeah. project execution plan or that risk management strategy and, and and keep checking if that's still reflective of what how this project or this programme is being run.
0: You mentioned then about races um, as part of the, the process and, and, you know, loving a, a good one of those to run through but <laughs> I guess for any listeners who were on this who might be wondering what's a RACI can you give a bit of a brief description for that for anyone because I know some some friends of mine who've listened to this before and um yeah. you know I, I always joke about them listening into a risk management podcast when they don't really know anything about it but if you could just give them a bit of a, a, an insight into what that is
1: so RACI is an acronym for responsible accountable consulted and informed it is Lovely a matrix problem, <laughs> with a list of activities down mm-hmm. one side or tasks and then across the horizontal, you have got the R, the A, the C, and the I. And it is a re- it is a difficult concept. Um, what well, actually what I'd have along the horizontal is uh, the roles in a project team, and it's going through each of those activities. So, for instance, it's the per- you know to set up the risk management process. So, who is accountable for that? And it's I think it's a good it's a it's a just communication tool. a way to document who is going to be doing what and who needs to be involved Mm -hmm. and who needs to be informed it's a tool to help set out communications in a tool uh, Mm -hmm. in a project but we have to remember it's a tool and it's about can't do it on you can't create a racy by yourself you need to involve everybody who's got their uh, role written in that Mm -hmm. racy
0: but that in itself i think is a part of self-sufficiency is if you're setting that up from the get-go this is what your uh, expectations and responsibilities and actions are and, and everything. I think that's a, a great way to do it. And I think I'd recommend anybody else to, to get involved in that if they're not already doing it. Okay. So moving on a little bit with this Lisa. So, um, you know, though it might seem, you know, quite an interesting concept, you know, we have actually touched a couple of times on the podcast in the past around how the panacea for us within our work is to work ourselves out of a job. And by what I mean by that really is, you know, working closely with, with P3 or even an enterprise um, to take them on a bit of a risk maturity journey. Uh, to get them to the point where they are self-sufficient. You know, they understand the process and they're consistent and effective in their implementation of the risk management process. So obviously there are there are some specialist skill sets, for example, QRA, quantitative risk analysis, where support may still be required and we hope it will still be required, but overall, the maturity is high and that level of self-sufficiency is achieved. But what are your thoughts around that? You know, is is there is that the level of self-sufficiency you have aimed for previously? Or, you know, would you always look to support and, uh, look for support, sorry, um, and supervision of an active risk of an act, an acting risk professional?
1: So I think any organization, uh, trying to kind of, increase their kind of self-sufficiency is, is, is imperative, it's worthy, it's a goal. I mean, most well, all organisations I've worked with do have an incredible focus on risk management It's how then that kind of cascades right down to the project level. Um, I think by having the organisations or, or, or in this terms, like maybe the programmes and projects have a deeper understanding of risk management process, it will kind of help them kind of, as we all know, it will achieve those project successes. But also, if we're all more self-sufficient, ultimately it'll help free up those much-needed resources that we're all, all projects and programs are kind of talking about at the moment. It's a current topic or on most people's um, lists at the moment about resource shortages. But if we're all kind of do, it was raising our kind of maturity and risk management, we'll kind of st- help to reallocate those resources and kind of really focus on the dedicated risk management support we need and get that really focused it doesn't for me kind of increasing that like high levels of self-sufficiency in risk management doesn't not necessarily mean that we don't no longer need the the need for a risk professional it's, it's changing their focus and and so for instance you said there'll be there'll be those needs for doing specialized uh, support in like uh, quantitative risk analysis that might be there um, but also the world's changing and and we've got AI coming so the risk management profession may change again mm-hmm. towards that and it's how can we focus the specialist skills of the risk profession where it's best needed and using its to strengths and kind of bring it I would like to say upskilling us all mm-hmm. so we're all getting to a kind of a real good understanding of risk management so we're all kind of upskilling ourselves
0: yeah no we had discussions before we started recording this about ai and its involvement with uh, you know how that's going to develop and go and we just don't really know at the moment we're all trying to catch up with it and see what happens there but that's probably one for another podcast i think it's another podcast <laughs> and i think
1: for me it's around that It for me the ai stresses the need for self-sufficiency mm-hmm. um it kind of kind of said so we need to all start uh, start really thinking now and uh, and and, get, and getting ourselves up to a um, up to a good level of risk management and, and doing it so we can achieve those, those successes we're all, we're all wanting to achieve
0: so kind of just you know getting towards the end of the podcast here really with it Lisa but you know if, what advice would you give to any project professionals specifically project managers I suppose if we mention mentioned them a lot today um, who prefer to have more of a hands off approach when it comes to risk management
1: for me most importantly is just do it try get a risk register it won't be perfect the first yeah. time but just get one drawn up um, don't worry about any fancy systems and databases. Just get, 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 get a table written up. Or even if that's a step too far, get a set of people in a room. Get that kind of project schedule out. Have a look at it. Ask the question, is there any risk that any of this is not going to happen to time? Just start asking each other, asking the team and yourself questions around this. Be curious. Take an interest in it. And just learn from other people. But ultimately, try it, practice, learn. There is no perfect risk. register. I've not come across a perfect wrist definitely register. Ever. I don't think they <laughs> exist.
0: No. no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, just do it. I think is the thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, amazing. Thanks again for that, Lisa. So speaking of advice and regular listeners will know that at the end of the podcast, we always ask this, uh, a question to our guests. And, and that question is if you could give yourself one piece of advice at the start of your career that you may have picked up along the way, what would it?
1: For me, there's probably millions. I've got, I've probably got, I could probably write a book about what I've learned, but me, yeah. the biggest thing that stuck with me is have that growth mindset mm-hmm. to continually learn, learn from, learn, learn from trying things, new things, learn, pick it what's done well, repeat them, learn from what's gone wrong. To me, part of growth is just fail fast mm-hmm. and learn and keep moving forward and be curious, seek other people's opinions, read those books, listen to these, these podcasts. Mm-hmm
0: in your very career that you've had then is there any one part of it or any one experience that you can kind of draw on where you really felt you have had that biggest growth from then
1: I think for putting me, you on the
0: spot there with that after that question but
1: for me it was I think it's been put into projects necessarily I didn't think I had the expertise to to manage and yeah. going oh I don't know there's not one experience at all yeah. I I've Saw lots to do lots of different projects my whole life, and I walked into a, a power upgrade program, knowing nothing, anything about about power, and quite quickly learned all about um, power projects, learned all the different technical disciplines, so I could interact with engineers. And I think that to me is around that growth mindset. It is the the willing to be put out of your comfort zone to try something new, to stretch yourselves, and it was the most. Amazing kind of program to work on. One I know I've installed lots of these substations across the London Underground network. Mm-hmm. Might not be everybody's excitement, but to me it was in a an area of technical discipline that I didn't know any of the mm-hmm. any of the uh, technical words, but quick, learned quickly and was very curious.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go, excellent. Well, it kind of brings us to the end of the podcast, really. So it just leaves it for me to say thank you very much for for your time and your valuable insights today, Lisa and. Um, you know, in the build up to today and, and everything. So a big thanks from us for that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the, the listeners are going to get a load out of this one. So, you know, thanks again. And um, if any of the listeners who, who, you know, would like to contact you related or regarding, sorry, anything that we've, we've touched on today in the episode, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you?
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me today. And, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Lisa Street. Um, feel free to send me a message or put a comment on one of the posts, but I will get in touch with you. Well, awesome. Thank you again.
0: No, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, uh, Thanks again. Um, and yeah, anybody reach out if you've got any questions, but thanks again and uh, we'll catch you all soon. Well, that's it for this week. If you've enjoyed this episode of Riskologists, please make sure to follow Optimize on our social media platforms where you can subscribe to this podcast, be notified of the latest releases, and help us broaden our reach to the wider risk community. You can also find the full back catalogue from season one, where we've interviewed some of the discipline's most renowned thought leaders around the industry's most pressing topics. If you'd like to get in touch, either as a future guest or with any subject suggestions you'd like to hear covered, please contact us using the address in the podcast notes below. And please join us next time where we'll be hearing the thoughts of another key decision maker and their experiences with risk management. Until then, thanks for listening and take care.